0: She Said, He Said is sponsored by Times Media Company and Lee Enterprises. Our show is recorded each week at Creative Space Place Studios in Hobart, Indiana.
1: You're listening to She Said, He Said with Karen and Jerry Davidge, A potpourri of everything that has to do with relationships and the baggage that comes with it because there's a lot to unpack. One thing um, about us is that... Um, maybe you too. Maybe you too. My parents were, um, till death of they part, and so we're yours. Yes. We can't say that for our kids. No. Um, my kids, um, my kids were very, very young. My daughter was a baby. I think my son was two. So their whole lives, they have just known, um, I guess, a divorced
0: parent. Two different worlds. Two yes. different realities. Two different two homes. Two different homes. Yes. Two different everything. My kids were the same. I think it was like five and three they were, roughly, mm-hmm. when I got divorced. I don't know. Six and yeah. eight. Whatever it is. But most of their life, all of most of their adult life mm-hmm. and Most of their childhood was just being a divorced kid, and we didn't realize that we've never lived that experience before. No. They have to literally take your stuff. You have the custody exchanges, which are so dreadful, and we've been to those, and it's tense, and it's awkward, and you go, and you knock on the door, and you meet somebody in a parking lot, and the kid runs over, and you go, Bye, Tommy, and then off they run, and then they give you that sad look whether they want to go with the other parent or not, and you know they're kind of stuck in a way, and there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. It's either court order or just... You just you just have to do it and, and, and some how many c- kids are being lived in this reality like right now like a lot Millions of them are yes. going through this right now as we're speaking mm-hmm. and you might be the parent of one of these kids and you got to pause for just a second because fortunately we're old enough to pausing a lot mm-hmm. and we've been through all these we've been through everything it seems like we've been yeah. through this as well. The whole reality of divorced parents and double houses and tell your mom I said this and don't tell her that. Or and you then, don't get
1: things back because they left it at the other
0: parents' you, house so they'll never see it again. Or they badmouth you constantly and you constantly. hear that and the kid will slip up and mention it as something you know you're hearing. Oh, just bad things from the other uh, parent of the children and yeah. it happens all the time and it's just a tunnel that nobody wants to go through yet. No. We all seem to go through it. And we all seem to go through so it. So if you have kids and they're going through this divorce reality right now maybe you could pause just for a second and realize they're not pawns no. they're not tools to be used against your ex you can't no. manipulate them and use them and weaponize them Mm-mm. and it's going to backfire on you someday oh, it's and especially really bad. And i usually point my finger at men more than women and mm-hmm. fathers more than mothers maybe i shouldn't but i'm a guy so i think if you're one of these guys doing that you're making a big mistake you're not going to just you already lost the woman you're going to lose the kids too you really will. You're going to lose them eventually. They're going to fade away. They're going to realize you're weaponizing them. You're shunning them. You're using them as a tool, not as a child. You're not showing them love. You're showing them just manipulation. Right. They're going to learn
1: from that. So they're going to
0: grow up. They're going to realize who you are. They're going to dump your ass. Yeah, and we... That's what happened, at least in my personal experience. And it's going to happen in other perspectives yes. too. So we're trying to set it out here on she said, he said. That if you're watching and you are a divorced parent, and I know how difficult it is, you want to lash out at your ex. You want to point out to the kids all the flaws and sins. And, and sometimes it's
1: just not fair because the mom. I'll just speak from my personal experience. You know, you do everything. I did everything. We we went on trips. Um, I, we bought them whatever they needed at the time. But it's always like, well, dad's the hero, and yeah, whoever's well, they, not in their life, well, enough. whoever's not in
0: their life enough, yeah, seems to be the hero. Seems to Well, be he spent hero. twenty minutes with me and he bought me an ice cream cone. Yeah. Wow. That's wow, the that's best. really great.
1: And we, you know, I did all this. We, I, I made sure that, you know, I went to four different stores to find the right poster board for your science project. Exactly. You know, but. And, okay, and he got bought you an, an ice, ice cream. cream. cone, yeah. So it, those are the times you really, really have to bite your tongue because it's so they will to remember it. They're and
0: sponges; they absorb everything, and they'll absorb yes. everything you're putting out. Yes, and yeah. and if it's th- difficult to do.
1: You think you're hurting the other parent, but you're really, really hurting. It's the that kid. drinking the poison thing. Yes. You know, it's like you, it's so you're, true. You're drinking the poison, thinking the and other parent's going to die from the poison. And, you know, they don't if care you're and if you're in currently. In a custody and battle, we have people who are, we, we have, have
0: relatives who are, loved ones who are, and all you're doing who are. is paying the lawyers.
1: All yeah. the, the only people that make out great are lawyers, divorce
0: lawyers. They don't care That's about your it. life. They don't care about your life at all. They don't. Or the outcome. Mm-mm. They don't care. No. All that matters really is the kids. Yeah, and how you. They do. They really it, do. Y- That's all. It'll that save the you. Kids.
1: you It'll save you so much time and money if you just grow up and work out, work it out with the other parents. Or at least try. Even or at if, least try. Or at least
0: have the facade of it. But the venom, the negativity and all that. And if you're one of the people, the parents who are perpetrating this and making it happen again and again and again, every weekend exchange, everything is bad, you make it hard for that mom to pick up mm-hmm. the kids or whatever it is, it's all going to come back on it you. It really will. And if it doesn't come back like karma where it's going to come back on your face, they're just going to fade away from you. And they're not going to be in your life really anymore. What do you get out of that? Nothing. You lost your marriage, then you lost your kids too. Then you deserve it both. It
1: really does happen. Yeah. It, we saw it. Well, I'm pretty pissy about this. We saw it, it firsthand. Or, yeah, That have. may not happen overnight, but karma does happen. And all you have to do as you know, is if the parent, that's not perpetrating the negativity. You just really have to hold your head up high and speak the truth. And the kids will realize And the kids it. will see it and they
0: will realize it. Yeah, in time.
1: But... Maybe when you're not. in the muck of it, it's it is so tough. hard, and
0: we know firsthand. That's why we're speaking from experience. We, we really know how are. Hard it so is. just so if you're there, drop
1: the grudge. Yeah, try it. Really, I mean, my god, and stop the mind games with the timing. And you're six one, not six o'clock. No, yeah, Sorry. exactly. Well, kids you're you're here. late at the exchange, you know, or you know, one parent has finally gets the kids for the weekend, and the other parent's like, "Well, I've scheduled a whole bunch of stuff with our child," so yeah. So they're not gonna see you till much, much later.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. a mind game. It is. It never pans out. Never and does. Who, who's the who's the big loser? The kids. Every time. The Every kids. time. Every
1: kid. single time it's the kids. you and heard it's just, hear it
0: here it said. He said, We know. We, speak, we we did this. We lived all this. Any we questions, to help you. we
1: can answer them for you because we have yeah, seen it, that too. we have lived it, we have heard it, we have said it. It's happened. Don't do it. No, just 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 be kind. Yeah. Try to be kind. It try. really goes
2: a long way. <laughs>
0: Lisa, please, yes. for our viewers and listeners, okay. just tell us about yourself for a second.
2: Okay, you know, um, not a lot of words I'm going to, you know, use to describe myself, because it could go on. There's a lot of things I do. They're really is. I know. That's there why is. I asked you to do it. Okay. Well, my name is Lisa Keen. I um, am executive producer and on-site host for Case File Chicago. So, since 2012, we've worked with unsolved homicide cases, violent crimes, and missing persons. Wow. We've been doing that a long time. I also work as the executive director nationally for the Whole Truth Project, which is a, which is a pro-police Page social media page that reaches across the network of thousands of police departments across the country. Wow!
1: Now, how did a how did a girl from now you're originally from Hobart, yeah. correct? How yeah. did a girl from Hobart, Indiana, become so involved with the Chicago Police Department?
2: Great question. This everybody asks me that. Yeah. Let me tell you the start. Sure. I was in Miami and watching TV one night, and I Which saw. Which one does the show. you know? In Miami. It all starts yeah, in Miami <laughs> <laughs> right. every single time. <laughs> it it, it was late Uh, I'm not much of a partier and so there was a show on called Crime Stoppers Miami and I was like oh this is cool let me watch it because I'm a crime buff I like that stuff Mm -hmm. human nature Yeah. and I saw them doing unsolved homicide cases but they were real they weren't scripted it wasn't something like you know, like some of these tv shows we have now which are very cool but those are very scripted and whatnot so this one was actual cases that really needed the community's help to solve mm-hmm. i was like wow we need that in chicago because we have a little bit of a homicide problem now that was back in 2011 okay, okay. so even then there was some issues. little bit little bit yeah, so at right. the end of the show was the name of the executive producer for the show and I was like, I'm going to just let me get
0: call. Let me out. Call. Who does that? I do. That's amazing. <laughs> proactiveness to do that. Yeah.
2: yeah. And, and, and the only thing I was doing was give him the idea. We need something like this in Chicago. Sure. Well, funny thing. I called the next day. And then that same afternoon, I got a phone call from the creator of the show. His name is Sean Reck. And he's like, you're not going to believe this. Chicago was the next show I wanted to start because at the time there was a Cleveland show in LA and then Miami. Okay. And he's like, Chicago was next on my list, but Man. I just didn't have anybody to, you know, lead the way. Of course. So by, um, the following week, when I returned back, I was on my way to Cleveland. Yeah. yeah really? And, and so it's timing, it was all timing. wasn't It was all timing. According to his, um, You know, his things that he was looking up, what does the area need? At the time, it was showing that a research wanted a female Latina to talk about crime. I went in um, just to become, like, the on-site host, and I walked out with the executive producer role as well.
1: What goes into producing, like, one show?
2: It's a lot. It's very costly. Of course. For one. But also the relationship that you need to create between the police departments and the community. Yes. Because you're not just going to walk into a police department and be like, can I get that case file on that homicide? Oh, yeah. You can't do that. In fact, it took us a year to get into the Chicago Police Department. I had to start within local. Hobart Police Department jumped on. E-Chicago, Gary, they Uh, loved the idea. So once I had something to show to the Chicago PD to let them know, we're not just looking for ratings, we really want to help. Right. And we finally were able to get in. And to this day, we're the only show allowed in the Chicago Police Department's case files for homicide.
0: Amy, when we see you on social media, your presence, I, I really get confused of how, where you're at and what you're doing. Give us an idea how many groups you're with. Mm-hmm. You're a volunteer with all these different groups. How do you juggle all that and what groups are they? What organizations are you with?
3: Oh, wow. Okay. See,
0: that's my point. <laughs> if you ask me that question, there's no a wows. I would go none. I have zero.
3: Okay. Well, first off, I feel like if you can, then you should. Mm-hmm. That's just my motto. And I probably learned that from my mom, Jane. My mom is a very helpful person, probably in a much quieter way than I am. Um, yes, I'm a social media person. And I don't think that social media is all bad. I think it is what you make it, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, um, absolutely. And I'm sure you've seen that. I'm sure some of your columns, sometimes you get a, a great positive response to it and sometimes you don't, but you, I thrive off the positive part of it. And that's the part I choose to look at. Nice. So I am on the board of... Humane Society. I'm vice president of the board of Meals on Wheels. I'm a Munster Junior. I am on the advisory board of the IUN SPIA where I graduated with my master's there. Um, I'm sure, oh, I'm on Notre Dame Credit Union, Notre Dame Federal Credit Union Advisory Board. I feel like that's it, right? You feel that's it? a lot. Yeah. Some chambers and some other organizations. What is a a Munster Junior?
1: I've never heard of that term. We're a
3: service group. So Mm -hmm. we are a member of the Greater Federation of Women's Clubs, Mm -hmm. and we volunteer in the community and raise money to give to other 501c3s.
1: Wow. And tell our listeners what a 501c3 is. because A nonprofit. Thank you so much. I'm sorry. (laughs) You have to sometimes talk to us like a three-year-old. Yeah, Yeah, I
0: say that a lot with interviews. (laughs) Talk to me like I'm a three-year-old, please.
1: Jerry and I always say that thank God for people like you that do go out and do good for the community and want so much for...
3: I think everybody's giving back, though. I just think people do it in different ways. That's true. And and it's incremental. And sometimes it's something small, but it makes such a big difference as somebody else. And Mm -hmm. I think you probably... Probably capture a lot of that in your articles and what you see. I think people really are giving back in this area, right here, doing it every day, all of the time. Am I a bit more about promoting it on social media? Yes, a 100%, because I want to put the good out there, sure. and I want someone else to see, I can do this too. Come join me, come deliver Meals on Wheels with mm-hmm. me. Come to a Munster, I mean Munster Juniors, that is a great group of women who just are selfless women, mm-hmm. give back. Year after year, there are some women who've been in the club for 30 plus years. Wow. It's a great, but I think it's incremental and I think it's happening right here. Mm-hmm. We just don't always focus on it. You know, cause I grew up very middle class, you mm-hmm. know, and even when we didn't have much, we still found a way to give back. We donated to food drives. Mm-hmm. We took an angel off the tree at Christmas, you know, things like that. It didn't yeah. matter. You know, Just as that, long as you did something
0: yes. before social media, too.
3: Yes. Can you tell our listeners
1: what, and viewers and viewers oh. and viewers? <laughs> hi, what? Because we're so used to the
3: radio show. Yeah, we are. Um, What do you do for a living? What
1: is your profession?
3: I work for a civil engineering firm. Mm-hmm. Um, I am sort of the liaison between the firm and our clients, which tend to be municipalities and counties. So I work a lot with county commissioners, mayors, councils, things like that to bring their infrastructure dreams to life. Wow.
0: What an so. elevator speech. There's no <laughs> elevator here. It's a single floor building we're in. Elevator went up with Amy and down. Here we are.
3: You know, down. and I know we don't think of that as giving back, but when you're changing the um, you know, look at the changes in Hobart. Oh, yeah. Look at the changes just around Lake, Porter, LaPorte County. You're changing somebody's quality of life. Absolutely. So it is a big deal when mm-hmm. you can walk the streets, when you can bicycle. Yes.
0: yes. When
3: you can we run. We do like the
0: bike-friendly places. Yes. Exactly. So right. it, it
3: does. It makes a big difference. So I'm happy that that's a role where I can still feel like I'm doing something good.
0: And is your career arc just where you wanted it to be? Like when you were a girl or a teenager in your 20s? I mean, is this what you thought you'd be doing?
3: no. I wanted to be an attorney. Oh. And then I wanted to be a lobbyist. Oh!
0: <gasps> I know. Really? That's
3: probably, I know. But you
0: still are. You're lobbying for positivity. and a lot of other issues now. You're still lobbying. Well,
3: there you go. Did you so mean
0: like I D.C. I lobbying for politics? Yeah. You made it. I yeah.
3: <laughs> made it. am here.
0: Wait, you meant lobbying in D.C. kind of stuff? Yes. Oh, I see. Yes. Does mm-hmm. that, you have that in your blood?
3: I just really enjoy that. I enjoy politics a lot.
0: You do enjoy politics. I do. Yeah. Tell me why.
3: It's just interesting.
0: It is, isn't it? It's a blood sport for some people. Oh, and sure other is. people, it's just apathy. They don't care at all.
3: Yeah, sure is. I mean, local elections are so important. Yeah. So I like that my job still affords me the opportunity to sort of be in, in the government and um, politics world.
0: Mm-hmm. how does it work with Good Old Boys Club and the region and the glass ceiling and all that kind of stuff? Do you do you Is that an issue at all? Do you feel that at all? Or is that a non-existent? Am I bringing up something I shouldn't? Am I like talking to Mad Men era? <laughs> yeah. Don Draper, you know? No. That's what the money's for. <laughs> Who's, the, the, skirt, you know? Who's the skirt in the room? You know, that kind of thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm updating myself here. Come on. How do guys, how do guys, how do guys treat you in general? Uh,
3: I mean, I'm treated... Not like so, a queen? No, not, not like a queen. Um, I don't think it's... I think there are instances. I think there are occasions when somebody says something that's inappropriate or unkind or uh, talks down. I like to think that those are uh, a small percentage, you know, mm-hmm. and
2: you, I think you get used to just brushing it off and moving on.
3: I see. So
0: What brought you there?
2: You know what? Let me, let me tell you. I like what you just said, Jerry. Not that I don't like people recognize me, but when you go into certain locations like that, and I always tell, like, young journalists when they ask questions— always go you know, of course I'm not gonna go you know with a ton of makeup on my hair fluffed up into something like that no I'm gonna go into that community to fit the audience so I had on jeans probably a, a t-shirt my hair was back no makeup I'm just gonna slide in and just you know get in the mix I'm not gonna I'm not out there to spotlight myself right no. I'm out there to work yeah so I like that you said that because that means what I was doing there was blended right in. I blended right in. Without a doubt, yeah. -hmm. Yeah. And I always tell journalists that too because I always get questions like, but they won't talk to me. How are you approaching them? Yes. You know, right. we have to make sure we're in the right fit for Of course, and we're the right look to. and you
0: got camera out or, yes. or notepad out and asking formal questions instead of saying right. how are you doing? Exactly. Like kindness again, human kindness.
2: That's it. That's it. And yeah. that's one of the things and people like being approached. Now what I was doing that day is Circle of Love, a group founded by Sylvia Galvin, who's you've met, yep. obviously. She wanted to go out and talk to the family. She's getting her, her organization started by helping families affected by homicide. So I went with her because, of course, I wanted to offer help if there's anything they needed uh, as far as helping find out you know, who did it, what kind of victims are we looking at, right. what did the police need from us. It was very interesting, though, because shortly before that, I believe it was just a couple days, the new Indiana law had passed where you can literally carry. Now let me tell you what happened to Sylvia and I that same day. You had left as we were, uh, and of course you guys didn't know we were there. We were going back to our car and here come two guys with assault rifles just out in the open, walking right towards us. And I was like,
0: walking casually,
2: casually, right. like nothing, Karen, it was right. just open arms. I'm like, okay, well, one or two things, you know, is about to happen. Okay. So we're going to either get shot straight on or when we walk past them and bind. because they walked towards us. I think, though, what happened is they had got the word that we were there not to exploit. Yes, we were there to really help. When they saw the flowers there, they actually opened the doors to talk to us because you noticed when we got there, everybody went into their homes. Yep. But then as they saw the flowers being laid down, we talked to the kids, we talked to the parents, Mm -hmm. then they slowly started coming out like, okay, they're okay. Mm -hmm.
0: I would have got shot at in that context you just described.
2: You know what? I, um, I don't I'd, I'd, I don't know what to say to that because it, it's very possible. It is. I would have felt uncomfortable. As a very well-known I was, journalist, I was, yeah, yes. I was not
0: welcome there at all. But I noticed you and Sylvia were very so welcome there.
2: you were there to offer support. Absolutely. Because yeah. that's our first thing. Mm-hmm. Because we need people. To in fact, it went down to the point where like when I go in – to a, a scene that just happened, whether it just happened and we're still trying to work things out, or afterwards, like this one in Gary, it's a how can we help? So now with the the case file, Chicago, how many,
1: how many I guess unsolved crimes? How many have you solved or your show solved? You know,
2: it's hard to say because once we get the the tips. That go straight to the agencies. I see. Or most, what we ended up doing, too, is turning over the tip line to the agencies, mm-hmm. and we leave it from there. But it's very hard on a person emotionally and mentally. Of course it is. Yeah, because I, that's all it is. Yeah. Every day.
0: Not to mention just the courage you have to actually enter those communities at that time. That's Mm -hmm. the exact wrong time to meet people, which I've done too many times in my career. I bet. You know that. You meet people at the the worst worst time of their life. Yes. And you're standing next to them, and they're trying to process, and you're either... For me, it's asking questions. For you, you're offering kindness. That's a big difference.
2: Yeah, you know, and that's a great point because my questions don't come till after. Right. And so I do have that buffer. You do. You know, and I always tell, you know, colleagues like yourself, you guys see a lot of stuff too, but you don't get the attention where you guys should also be getting that mental wellness checkups and things like that because a lot of that stuff you guys see firsthand too I never when, thought
0: of that Lisa I've never had a mental and wellness check yeah because no, you're seeing
2: right. the same things that first responders are seeing
0: well, some of it anyway yeah. well over the course of what 25 years almost mm-hmm. 30 I guess yeah. it's a lot of stuff and to you're see. talking yeah. to
2: families right so oh, you're absorbing for sure. yeah. yeah you're absorbing things yeah. yes
0: I've never thought of that
2: mm-hmm. well, get them checked out that. Karen
0: get him checked out Yeah, she's been <laughs> saying that for a long time get him checked out <laughs> for other reasons yeah
1: <laughs> So the other day, we were listening to the radio, and John Mellencamp came on. I love yeah. John Mellencamp. He has been around for John years. John Hoosier Mellencamp. What? That's his name. John Hoosier Mellencamp. No, it's not. That's what you should call him. He's a Hoosier. John I know, Hoosier but that... Mellencamp. No, no, that's okay, not... Okay, fine. His... He's
0: John Cougar Mellencamp. Go ahead. Yeah. Whatever.
1: Well, anyway, I've Hoosier. got a point here. Okay. Anyway, I love John Mellencamp. Yeah. So his, his song came on the radio the other day, and I thought to myself, you know, gosh, I really kind of wish... That we had seen him in his prime. And I and I hate to say that. He's 71 years old.
0: Okay, what do you consider prime? What if you saw him when he was 51? I think, yeah. That's too old? No, okay? I don't 50 think 50 51's okay. 51's okay. 71 crosses a line of some kind. Maybe. Because seeing somebody in their prime, of course, we all want to see them. Any performer we love, no matter who it is, you want to see them in their prime. Yes. I saw Diana Ross is coming to the Hard Rock Casino. I thought you were going
1: to say you saw Diana Ross. No, I didn't. You you never told me you saw saw Diana Diana Ross. Ross. No. That would be a great show. Wait, how old is she? I
0: don't know. We'll have to Google it. That doesn't matter? So, John... John Hoosier, Mellencamp, could be 71. you
1: going to stop and calling you're, him and that. And you're not
0: going to want to see him, but Diana Ross could oh, be 80. Okay, so okay because I her. think
1: Diana Ross She's still sounds legend. beautiful. Oh, her, her pipes are the same? I think her pipes are the same. John, John Mellencamp, the guy smokes three to five packs of cigarettes a day, plus he, he probably he drinks. He does sound like a
0: walking ashtray.
1: Like a, oh, like a toad that smokes on a hot summer day. Yow. Yeah, well, it's like, enough, no, I mean, I think he's an incredibly talented musician.
0: But you wouldn't listen to it you wouldn't pay money to hear him perform No I don't
1: know what kind of show he'd put on. That's the thing.
0: Jack and I. It'd be like that. That's what it be like. It'd be like Bob Dylan after his third pack for the day. That's what it'd be.
1: So and no, this, you know, Bob Dylan is. Are we being ages? By we, we might be, but okay. Like, so we, well, we talked about you. Madonna. Now, Madonna is sixty-four years old, yeah. and she's still parading around as if she's twenty-four years old. Shame on her. She's dating a guy that's, I think, twenty-seven. Kudos to her. Yeah, kudos to her. But I don't know. There's like. What she crossed the line.
0: Yeah, and she still dresses. And I mean, when she, she was still like looks great.
1: Don't get me wrong; she still looks great. Except like she's she's got to really lay off the filters and the Botox.
0: And well, Melon can't probably dresses the same when he was in his twenties and thirties. Yeah, but bare jeans. Yeah, gold but coat, I mean, the,
1: yeah, you can't a scowl.
0: He He's good to go. If that's good to go. But, but I no.
1: mean, Madonna, she's still writhing around in bras and fishnets okay, and then stuff. Okay, then let's shift gears to little...
0: someone else that performs. How about Stevie Nicks? <gasps> She's in love with Stevie Nicks. She's a huge I love fan. I Stevie Nicks. And Stevie has not crossed this magical line because of she's, 71 or because whatever. Her stage, How old is Stevie? She's, she's
1: like, 72 or 73. Okay, 73? same age as John.
0: Yes. But there's a difference, you're saying. I think
1: there's a difference because... Because you're a
0: fan. I am a fan. So any fan of John would still want to see Yeah, John. you're
1: right. You're Even right. at 71, I saw Dylan, but you,
0: and he sounded horrible.
1: You sound. When did you see Dylan. Oh, I saw him back at the Holiday Star. Star he played Plaza. at the Holiday Star? He did. He, he really did. did? He did. How did it. they get Bob Dylan? Oh. What act came to the Holiday Star? Oh, that's dating myself. Geez. The Star Plaza. What oh, act came to the Star Plaza? It. And the um, the attention was so great, everybody wanted a ticket that it shut down the 769 Exchange.
0: The Monkees.
1: No. Second guess? ABBA. No, ABBA never played there. I don't know you can't just chastise me. I'm making guesses. That's a bad guess. Is it? Abba?
0: Okay, I don't know.
1: Who's Beach there? Boys.
0: Beach Boys? I never would have guessed Beach Boys. <laughs> Who'd guess Beach Boys?
1: My, my mother would always throw
0: that little nugget of information out. Little trivia by Viv. That's her mom, Viv.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't have
0: guessed that. Go back the to Beach Stevie. Boys.
1: Oh, yeah. Anyway. So Stevie's worthy of seeing at she's had 72, the same kind of stage, stage persona for years, she's like the enchantress. She's the gypsy. She doesn't run around on stage. She doesn't have choreographed dancers John behind her. John doesn't do her. anything
0: different. He stands at a microphone, maybe he, he plays guitar. Maybe he used to swing more, you know, his body, and hip movement, because he was like the sex symbol back in his twenties. Yeah, he, he was Cougar Johnny Cougar. See, I know.
1: But there's just something very sweet and
0: about Stevie and us yeah,
1: and, and she she always kind of had that throaty voice and it still kind of sounds the same
0: John has a throaty voice yeah you're
1: right but it's still Just not the same not the same I don't know maybe I'm biased I could be biased She's also
0: biased because we saw Stevie Nicks recently at Ravinia up above sh- north of Chicago and it was the- that was one, of the, one of the best
1: shows I've ever been to if probably, you've you, never been, been to it. Ravinia please go because it's a beautiful venue. It's really far away, though. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it is it's a It's far.
0: It is, but it's beautiful. And parking is really bad. Rolling hills, lots of people. You can dine, take a picnic table. Oh, they encourage you to bring so any and all food. We saw Stevie Nicks there over the summer. It was the perfect night. It was and the enchantress best night in the came world. Out and, sang, and even some guy who lives right across the street from the gate saw us looking for a parking spot and waved us in and says, park here, my friends, Yeah, whoever you are. Can it I was give a you 20 ma- bucks. It was a magical Maybe. night. So would it be a magical night for John Mellencamp?
1: Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Not a big. I think so. I just to
0: you is what age is there a line? Is there a line? Because I know Bruce Springsteen is around
1: the same age, and he's out there. uh, uh, It's like sounds like they're. It's okay. So we also we also like like, uh, like Phil Collins. Oh my God, that poor man. He's he. He sits in the chair. The poor man can't stand. BB
0: King did the same thing. He lasted yeah, but
1: he for many always years. Did he always sit in the chair and well, play not Lucille? Well, always. I'm sure he was wasn't a... that the name of his guitar, Lucille.
0: It is, but he didn't like always do it. He oh, got to no. a point in his age. You get to a certain point, you are performing. You still want to perform? John Mellencamp still wants to perform. Yeah, and but Karen won't see you, John.
1: No, I will. Hope you're happy. I just but don't...
0: she'll watch your daughter perform on some housewife show. Yeah, Whatever I will. Her name is We've Teddy Mellencamp. It. Teddy Mellencamp. We've seen that.
1: Yeah, she's not a liked. Housewife and well, she's kind of boring a liked
0: musician, I guess, per se. But he's
1: respectful. no, I I think he's a great musician, but he's I, not
0: like you know, he's a grumpy old guy. Oh, now. we, we saw him on
1: Watch it? What Happens Live. He is you so you can watch grumpy. him anywhere. Uh, I,
0: don't know. I don't care about that. Nope. what? <laughs> uh, real bad. I don't care about that song. Awards, uh, that's for losers. I don't care. About well, that I guess if either. you've been
1: doing it as long as he has, yeah,
0: and you got the street, he
1: crap. has the right to just sit and be grumpy and not do interviews,
0: and it's fine.
1: If I were a rock icon. Yeah, I'd probably be the same way.
0: Oh, if you were, oh, yeah. And if you were a studio producer, you would kick everybody out. You'd probably kick John out when he was in his 20s.
1: No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't kick him out. Steely Dan, you would. I, Yeah, I oh, would show him the door. I'd like to wish an apology, please. Yeah. This is the Department of Corrections with Karen
0: Davis.
1: On a previous show, I um, expressed my displeasure for a certain iconic band named Steely Dan. That
0: I love. She hates Steely Dan.
1: And Steely in Dan. my... In my dismissal. dismissal of Steely Dan, I said that Donald Fagan has passed away. She did. And I was wrong. He didn't. You never corrected me. I didn't know. What a fan. I'm
0: not that big of a fan.
1: Anyway, it was Walter Becker that passed away. Donald Fagan is alive and well and still touring. So I do apologize for all the Steely Dan fans out there. Because
0: they came down hard on her. People well, love Steely one, Dan. One
1: did, and that was People. rightly so
0: love steely dan people
1: do love steely dan they've been around a very long time and i have to respect that you know it takes all kinds of people to make this world go around and if you really like lousy music that's on you
0: zing again the guy's dead one of them
1: do you know which one we're gonna
0: play a steely dan song over this video do i know which one donald is dead walter's alive Or is it vice versa? And you call yourself a fan. I like their music. I don't know these guys.
1: Well, you should. We both
0: apologize. We really do. Especially me. Whoever's alive and dead, we forget, but we apologize to both of you. All right, take care. All right,
1: bye. And now for a lovely waste
0: of time. So remember in the old days, when I was a kid, we would have company come to the house pretty regularly Mm -hmm. from either across the street or across the city in Gary, and my dad would welcome them with open arms. Oh, yeah. Loved it. Knock on the door, ring the bell. Next thing you know, Joe Davidge is out there. Whoa, we've got this, we've got that. It was a big deal. We've got company, right? Yes. These days, it doesn't happen that way. There's a comedian. um, We forget. His first
1: name is Sebastian. Yes, Sebastian,
0: who's done a wonderful... He's got a very Italian last name,
1: and if we were more prepared for this show, we would have got the name... But it's, you know, if you've seen the YouTube video, he's
0: very, very funny and is a very classic bit about company. And it doesn't matter about his name or the skit because it's so true. Yes. It's then and it's now. And then when I was a kid, when maybe when you were a kid- Company mattered. Company yes. was special. You get out your special china. You get out your entomans. Or the right? Sanka. The Sanka coffee. You have everything ready. You got company and you, yeah. you change everything. Yes. Whatever you're doing that day, you stop doing it. Yeah. And you make it happen. And it's a big deal. Someone's coming over. And you welcome them so they feel welcome in your home. Right? Yes. And and or you the
1: were the company. I know we were. My dad would always take my us to too. my, every my grandparents' house every Sunday. <gasps> You, you got together all the time. And
0: you just sat there. And as a kid, I was bored as hell. Oh, but, it was painful. But you were welcomed in, and people would just oh, immediately yeah. run to the kitchen. You got to eat. You got to drink. What oh, would you like? Yes. Do you have this? Do you, have got got that? you got ham. You know, it it's, it's just... We have company kind of we thing. We do. Mm-hmm. Now, fast forward literally to these days, the last several years... Not so much. I don't want company. Uh, company, it's like the doorbell rings. What do we do? We look up, we look yes. at curtains, we peek out. Hide under the couch. I jump on the second floor. Are you real fast? Do you, you make look sure up?
1: that the garage door is down? Because no. that's a symbol that you are not <laughs> it goes
0: home. lower quickly. Just <laughs> coincidental. It's going down. You need to check out, is that a Fed? please be a FedEx guy. Please be yeah. a, an Amazon delivery person, yes, right? Yes, exactly. What if it's somebody else? What if it's somebody you know by God? guy? What's the worst case scenario? It's like a friend. And they're just coming just to check on you and just to say hi and stay for an hour or two. What oh is
1: worse, God. somebody wants to come over and check on you, or oh one of those um, students that are selling books, and they
0: will not. No, you can get leave. the student to go. You can't get friends to go. Yeah, that's students. True. You can get out. You can make some excuse. I, Why are I we so anti-social? Maybe now? it's just us. Are you guys? Is
1: anybody out there in anti- no, anti-social? No, they're like
0: that too. You're people. Yeah, you're like some that? of you are like that for sure. Yeah, you get the doorbell thing, and you go, oh. Damn. Okay. So if we ever come to your house and knock on the door, you're welcome just to chew us away. Well, we That's won't be. Oh, so no. you don't
1: ever have to worry about us oh, we won't be making a pop-in or anything. We never do that. On our next episode of She Said, He Said, we will have a very special guest in the studio. And her name is Jamie Fankhauser. And she's a small business owner in Valparaiso. Buns Soapbox. That's her business. Yeah. And what makes it so special is she built this business around her daughter. Specifically. Yes, her daughter has autism, and she wanted to make sure that her daughter felt included and to serve a purpose.
0: And had job possibilities mm-hmm. and work training yes. and had a life of her own. So she yes. formed this business to give her daughter this opportunity, and then she employed other kids and adults with autism to have the same opportunities in life. And of, of all else, somebody told me this last week, and I haven't forgotten. He says, on life's worst day, worst day, it's still a miracle. Wow. Isn't that? So the, whatever kind of worst day you're having, keep that in mind. It was a quote from an old lady who told me this. On my worst day, she said, life's a miracle. Just well, a reminder.
1: Just a reminder that you can listen to our show wherever you find podcasts, such
0: as uh, Spotify. Or Apple. O- Odyssey. Google. iHeart. iHeart. God, what do I always get? And, of course, you can watch it at nwi.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: You've been listening to She Said, He Said with Karen and Jerry Davich, sponsored by Times Media Company and Lee Enterprises and recorded at Creative Space in downtown Hobart. Find us at NWI.com and where you find all your podcasts.
0: If you enjoy our show, we hope you return with your own viewpoints about couples, relationships, and the subtle or not so subtle differences between spouses, mates, partners, and potential partners. We welcome your opinions, your experiences, and especially your love lessons.